Today we got a motherfucking classic by Prince Paul. It's the Going On Podcast with the Rap Critic and Muse. Yo. Spoiler Muse, alert. What the fuck are you doing? I, I can't even. Oh my God. I kind of just want to do the review. I can't. Uh, we got to wait. Mm. We've got Daniel Owens Reed. First thing I wanted to ask about, for those of you who uh, may be new to the show or don't remember offhand, Daniel Owens Reed is from um, Radimo. How do you describe it to people? Well, that's a great question because also it's changed kind of a lot over the past year. I think when we were talking, it was mostly vintage, but now I represent like 11 other brands that are women-owned, black-owned, queer-owned, non-binary-owned. So Look it's... At you. Yeah, right. Um, And I just like signed on two new brands and I have a new swimsuit that I designed with a swimwear company that's coming out, I think, like next week, maybe. Um, So when I talk about it, I just call it a gender, either gender neutral clothing brand or gender queer clothing brand, depending on who I'm talking to. And then as I explain it, I kind of talk about how I dress all the vintage items and also it's a marketplace for different brands that are not really represented in the mainstream. I mean, the great things about the brands that I represent is like a lot of them are smaller, so they couldn't do like a a PO for Target or something like that. So it's great to have other marketplaces where they're being represented and they can still kind of stay at the capacity that they're at right now. It's it's pretty great. So that is uh, Radimo.com. LA is the site for anyone who'd like to check that out for awesome gender neutral clothing and new shit showing up all the time, so it seems. Yeah. Got to at least real quick uh, mention the fashion show y'all put on. Oh, yeah. There is the video. Last I checked, it was on the website. Is it still available on there? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. It was like one of my wildest dreams just came together in front of my eyes. And it's also like great because explaining to people like you take one item of clothing and put it on three different people with three different body types and skin tones and identities, people generally like understand the concept but they still can't really visualize or picture what i'm saying so being able to do the runway and literally have three people in a row walking out on a runway wearing the same thing who look completely different have completely different body types completely different identities like it just it really hit hit the message home even harder so it's just it's nice to have that and to be able to be like this is what we mean and it was cool too because just the way the timing worked out we had um we did a lot of like shirts off so we had like people who were like in their bras or we had there were three specific people one who um was wearing a binder one who was like three weeks out of top surgery so they were bandaged and then one person who was like two months out of top surgery so we had like every you saw every type of chest every type of like size like every the body type thing is something that really isn't represented and we finally got to be like look this is what we mean in addition to the show and everything we wanted to have you on and spread the word about the main thing that made me think about we need to get down on the show is that vidcon just passed yeah i had seen some of the quotes from the panels and that was the main thing that was like all right look This is some shit we gotta talk about, because this is actually a topic that we haven't brought up on the show, I don't think at all. The demonetizations, the videos being put in restricted areas and stuff like that, even putting something as simple as putting, like, transgender in the video title will get your shit. 
like hidden. I am a talent manager and two of my biggest clients are influencers. They're both queer women. Um, one is a queer black woman called Amber's Closet and she does a bunch of different type of content her content is like you know talking about something that a celebrity said will be one video and the next video will be talking about lesbian stereotypes and the next video will be about manifesting your dreams and then my other um my one of my main clients who was my first ever client we've been working together for years is stevie stevie bobby who it specifically does lesbian sex education. But it's been really complicated because they switched up the algorithm forever ago so that it was hard to find related videos. And that was already annoying. It was like, you had to do something like release 10 videos a day or some some shit like that that makes no sense. The first part of it was they were prioritizing accounts that could release more and longer videos per day, which means anyone who like NBC or The Ellen Show or Jimmy Fallon, like they can release as much content as they want because they can pay thousands of people to work for their company and release 10 videos a day. So that already was hurting creators. That was the first thing that happened. And then they started to make things, quote, ad friendly. And they put like really, really high stipulations on what counts as ad friendly. So Stevie's the perfect example of someone who gets demonetized all the time. And their argument is kind of like, well, we don't want your video to show up as related to nursery rhyme videos. Like we don't want kids to be seeing it or whatever and we're like what are you talking about it would be related to other lesbian sex ed videos like what that doesn't make any sense the thing that is annoying me more than anything it's not that these rules are put in place that in and of itself is not what's annoying me what's annoying me is that they won't tell us part of it i know why it's because if they tell you the things that get you monetized and not people take advantage of it right but the thing is they're gonna do that anyway. Yeah, I was about <laughs> like, to say, they're already doing that, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated because there are queer and trans YouTubers and creators who are like, okay, well, I just won't put the word trans in my uh, keywords. I won't put the word trans in my title. I won't put, like, hold a sex toy in the video. There are, like, so many different ways they can see whether or not it's an okay video for ads. Um, so people are not doing that, but that just means that then people can't really find you. Like you're, if you're looking at one trans YouTuber, you're watching their coming out story and you like want to know if there are more people like you out there, there aren't any related videos of trans YouTubers coming out because everybody's trying to like figure out how to, um, make it so that their videos can be seen and won't be age restricted and won't be like Chase Ross is a trans YouTuber who just did a video about bottom surgery and like it wasn't like nobody was showing anything like it's not an explicit video but just the fact that it was about bottom surgery and it was about the trans community it was demonetized and Chase got a strike on his channel for violence Mm. there's another side of YouTube that is equally as shady and it, it came up in a good bit of the panels in that it's not as so much the putting people out there but it's also the protection and actually having the content creators backs because there are a good bit of people who i was just reading about it today that will go to trans youtubers queer youtubers and just spend a day of reporting shit not watching it but just trying to like rid youtube of that shit because it's something that they don't like even if it is an offensive content and youtube will more often than not 
side with the people reporting this shit and not even look at what the content is. Because if it already is demonetized, if it's already age-restricted or whatever, YouTube is already going to look at that as a problem. So they're going to be like, well, I mean, we already knew something was up. There must be something to this reporting thing. If people are saying it's bad, it must be bad. But, right. but yeah, meanwhile, you get... No matter what the video is, you got some right-wing conspiracy theory video in your recommendeds and the suggesteds. That shit'll come up all day. If you type in Maxine Waters on YouTube right now, uh, the top result says, Maxine Waters calls for violence, which is a complete lie fabricated by Laura Loomer and the other few uh, right-wing uh, white supremacists. I'll just come out there and say it and, uh, you know, call it like it is white supremacists, white nationalists that will hound people like Maxine Waters get all up in their face. And she's done this twice now where she'll just be like, you know, get the fuck out of my face and like smack their hands away. And these motherfuckers will be like, I, I, I was assaulted by Maxine Waters. And they're looking at the people in Trump's cabinet should be expected to be, you know, held accountable and confronted. So now all of a sudden that's a call for violence. That's a top result. I mean, that's what's so complicated about what they're prioritizing is that like the people who are looking for something specific or who need to see something specific can't find it. That's what's so frustrating to me. Like I, the demonetization and whatever, like I fine, I take the, take the ads off, like make it age restricted, make it so like only 17 and up can see this stuff about queer things like uh, that doesn't really make sense to me, but what really bothers me is, like, somebody who is in the middle of a small, like, conservative town and doesn't have anyone who looks like them at their school, and they go on YouTube, they're trying to find people that they can connect with, and now your choices are, like put who I am in the title of my video so that people can find me, but it's going to be, maybe I'm going to get a strike on my channel and then I won't be able to make videos ever again, or don't put who I am in the title of my video. And any person who's like 14 years old in a small conservative town who just needs to see my face and that I exist, any one of those people is not going to be able to find me. Another side of the money issue in YouTube is the ads. We didn't, we didn't talk about the ads in that, um, there are some ads that people have been seeing on their videos that are hate-filled, anti-LGBTQ, and people people are asking, so, so people were asking, okay, so how is this okay? How are people getting paid for, for their ads spreading this message, but I'm creating a video of positivity and all of this, and I'm getting demonetized? And YouTube's response was basically, well, I mean, you can determine what ads show up on your shit. It's like, well, I can't determine what's being showed on other people's shit. Like, people are still gonna see it. These people are still getting money for their ads, even if I'm not allowing it. So yeah, it, there's definitely a bit of hypocrisy of, like, they want that money but they don't want your money. What YouTube is doing right now is like your typical, like accidentally racist white lady who is like, I had no idea. Like they're literally acting like they don't know what is going on when we're telling them over and over and over. And of course, they, <laughs> dude, it, it's their job to collect data. They know exactly what's happening. Like, like, why are we giving them the benefit of the doubt about, oh, maybe they just don't know? They know every single increment. They know what we're doing as we're recording this fucking podcast, okay? <laughs> exactly. They know what the fuck is going on. They're just like, but how can we make it so that we can make the most money? 
so that like you know because like if, if they knew if there was a platform other than youtube that people could go to where they didn't have to deal with this we would go to it immediately mm-hmm. and, and that's the problem with youtube right now it's like we have no loyalty to you so as soon as there's something else that we can jump onto that'll make more money we're hopping onto it because you guys have shown that you don't give a shit about us if you gave a shit about us then we'd be like riding for you and we'd be trying to figure shit out i think the biggest joke about all of it and you mentioned it before was the alternative to youtube right like there is an alternative to youtube it's called pewtube but unfortunately it's basically what gab is to twitter now what i find so funny is that the alt-right thinks there needs to be a alt-right version of YouTube, that there needs to be an alt-right version of Twitter, when the founder of Twitter, the site that you think is some liberal cesspool, sat down with Fox News, sat down with conservative think tanks, spoke to Seth Rogen, um, yeah, I just saw this, he had tweeted um, that he's been talking to Jack Dorsey for eight months about why he's kowtowing to white supremacists and white nationalists and why he's even following some on Twitter. And he Shut said, up. yeah, um, look up uh, Mike Chernovich. He follows him. I think he follows the Pizzagate guy. I mean, it honestly isn't surprising, but I'm surprised if that makes sense. Yeah, like he, he likes the tweets all the time. And he, he was just like, I was trying to figure this out. And he says, and at the end of it, I'm, con- I'm convinced he just doesn't give a shit. So why then? Would you create a gab where you think, well, now we're going to be a protected class? It's like, motherfucker, you already are <laughs> on YouTube. You already are. On, uh, the only thing, the only place I think might have a point is Patreon. Because Patreon, from what I can tell, is pretty good about policing that shit. Maybe, maybe not. But you got Patreon over there being the alt-right version of that. So it's like there's a bizarro version of just about everything. A bizarre over. It literally everything that you said, you were like, this version of this, they all sound like they were made up by Saturday Night Live. Like every single one of them, you were every like name. YouTube, Gab. And I was like, what? Like, what really bad marketing company came up with this? I'm so confused. But um, what's also interesting about well, first of all, to your point about Patreon. Patreon is saving a lot of creators' lives. Um, Hart, who is a queer black woman who her entire channel got just deleted and taken down and she has no access to anything that she's been making for years and she was just making she makes um sims living color which is basically like in living color but with the sims and the lead is a lesbian black woman and it's it's the sims guys there's like sex in it you see some some sim titty sometimes is how she says it um but like it got deleted from youtube as if it's porn or something and i'm like um it's like video like you can put video games of people murdering each other all over the place and like and that shit is on youtube but this like hilarious comedy starring a lesbian black sim (laughs) that sometimes shows sim titties is deleted from youtube completely like it makes no sense and patreon's the only reason she's making any money like she she's like do i have to completely re-navigate my entire career because like the thing i love doing most is now what not allowed on the internet i don't get it like why not just make it age restricted and let her channel live like fine you can't see boobs if you're under 17 i don't know like like what and then to your other point about 
like if we had if there was another platform that we could go to immediately we would well google owns youtube so if you're searching for a video if you search google for a video guess what's going to pop up first youtube we were just talking about this before before we had started that <clears throat> as it stands right now I'm, I'm posting like one or two videos a week and they're not getting that many views where else would i go because even though i'm not making money here like, there'd be no chance of making it somewhere else, and the most people are going to be watching it on YouTube. So even if I look at it and go, well, I'm not getting many views, if I go somewhere else, I could risk getting, like, none. So fucking Google and YouTube have me over a barrel. Oh, they make me so mad. You did you did right by getting me to talk about this. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they, like... They take all these opportunities away from queer creators, and then during Pride Month, they make all their shit rainbow and act like they love gay shit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like no. ruining people's lives. Yeah, this was something. Yeah, it's like if, if you're gonna do that, at least, at least, like, don't insult us. Like, you know, if you're gonna do all this shit, don't act like this whole time you were helping. Yeah, I've, Seriously. I've mentioned this on the show before, and it's a hashtag I've been trying to get rolling. As soon as I heard that Trump wasn't acknowledging Pride Month, I was like, well, fuck it. It's Pride all summer. It's fucking summer of Pride. And what I love about it is that as soon as Pride Month ended, it was right around that beginning of the official beginning of summer. Now I think it can start, because not only... Do you have three full months of it as, as, as uh, Pride of Summer? I'm trying to sell this like an infomercial. The greatest <laughs> bit, the greatest part of it is that we don't have to fucking put up with every goddamn corporation doing their fucking queer baiting Pride logos everywhere like they give a shit when, Ju when July 1st that shit goes away. Like yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that I'm seeing the rainbow color uh, hashtag on Twitter. I'm just I'm just waiting to see that shit disappear. Because you know, yeah. the, like the second someone remembers it's there and goes, oh shit, it's the fourth? That shit's gotta go. It's all gotta be fucking American flags and eagles now. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> it's like the best one, and I mean the worst one, was vitamin water. Did you see vitamin waters? Oh no, no, what they, they do. They put, was how, how many colors are in the Roy G, I guess that'd be seven. seven. Um, they had a person... With, like, dressed as a lion, with, like, a lion's mane, and they were all each color of of the pride flag. Get it? Pride lions? Oh. And, and, they, and they would all, like, look at the camera, and they roared in unison, and it was like, represent your pride or something. And it's like, I, that's so abstract that it's like, you almost wanted, it was like more or less a furry thing. But see, here's the thing about that. They can do plausible deniability. Because any of the people who are in the conservative states, they could be like, wait, wait, are you talking about gay people? And they're saying, no, we're saying, no, this lines. is the thing that makes you happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're just trying to, like, keep it cool with yeah, everybody. Yeah, they want to play both sides of the fence, yeah. Corporations, especially corporations like Vitamin Water is the perfect example of, like, for example, um... I don't know the Flint water crisis. You, the amount of money you have, you could literally solve the Flint water crisis. Vitamin water could be like, you know what? Here is the amount of money to fix all your fucking water, or to like supply you with bottled water for however long. Like I don't know how they would do it, but they have the money to literally fix that crisis, and they would rather be like, let's do a commercial that's like 
could be considered gay, but also vague enough so that we're still making the people who do things like make the Flint water crisis exist. So we make them happy. Like, people are so concerned with pleasing all the wrong people. It's ridiculous. It's not the law. It's who you enforce the law against, right? Because it's like, it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with weed. It's like, weed is illegal, but we're only going to go in the, to the black neighborhoods and bust them for it. The white neighborhoods yeah. have it too, but we're just not going over there. So it was like, yeah, no naked tits on YouTube. I mean, you know, we're only going to fuck with the lesbian person putting uh, uh, cartoon tits on exactly. YouTube. Exactly. You know, but but that is the rule. It is the rule, so it's okay to fuck with her, but we're just going to not notice this over here. You know? Exactly, yeah. Uh, and maybe all those videos have been demonetized by now, and like, you know, let me know. But I just remember there was like, Someone, uh, uh, there was an article that showed, like, hey, do you know this is up on YouTube right now and it's completely fine? And I, and I just saw, like, a whole bunch of Let's Plays of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're probably doing that because, I mean, boobs get views. <laughs> you know what I just thought about? the Because think about this. Why are boobs such a big thing on YouTube? Really consider this. Porn exists. Right. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like you can't find it. So who the fuck is looking on YouTube for... Like, (laughs) this, to me, is the equivalent of, like, kids in the 90s and 80s going to see, you know, uh, uh, movies for teens because, ooh, there's boobs in it. Like, that's the only place they could get it. But my question is, why is that happening now as if you can't just go to, you know, Google or whatever and look at the boobs? And my thing is, I think what it is, is there are millions of kids discovering sex for the very first time. And, you know, they're having, they're having their sexual awakenings, right? And, well, they can't search for porn because the mom's going to find that. Mm. But on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can pretend okay. like it. I almost feel like it's backwards, like it's dudes in their 60s because kids understand computers <laughs> oh, that's so true. much oh. more than we do. They would be like, click, click, clack, clack. My whole computer is deleted. My search history is deleted. And I reprogram my mother's brain. Like, Wait, okay, children. Okay, okay, so I got, I got another one for you. Do you think it's old men who like, like the type of old men that buy like the Girls Gone Wild videos still? Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly who it is. Those are the people that run our world. That's what's wrong with everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, and- it, it goes back to fucking re- remember the Ted Cruz debacle. Even if that was a staffer, like <laughs> no, no, it's it's gonna be on you Twitter because nobody's gonna expect Twitter. It's like, all right, Ted, look. <laughs> yeah, Dude, seriously. Oh shit! I think we just blew the top off this whole thing. It's old motherfuckers who don't know how to use technology, and they're like. I don't know about all these other sites. They're gonna give me viruses. YouTube boobs. Oh shit! <laughs> exactly. We cracked the code. We cracked the code. <laughs> Ooh, we gotta do lightning round. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, wh- where do you want to start? Double XL or Nikki? Let's start with Nikki, cause what the <sighs> fuck? Mm, all right. God is- damn, Nikki, who I. I've never felt comfortable putting all of my eggs in the Nicki Minaj basket or mm. supporting her 100% because it seems like every few months to maybe every year, she'll do something. She'll say something. Her and Cardi B, honestly, like, they're in the running for, I'm not 100% comfortable supporting either of y'all 100% because I'm afraid that you're gonna say something stupid, and it always does. The people have to know. 
What、mm. could have possibly inspired this millionaire with surely better things to do with her time? <laughs> to lower herself to slide into your DMs because they took issue with something that you said. Yeah. What was the. What was the hot take? What was the scorching、mm. criticism that this、Woo! person had for Nikki? She had to have been coming with some serious tea if Nikki was like, mm mm, this cannot stand. I have to come after her throat. I gotta fucking snatch her bald. What did she say? By the way, the person who said this was、uh, Wana's World. So at Wana's World, you know, follow her, you know, just out of spite. You know how dope it would be if Nikki put out mature content? No silly shit. Just reflecting on past relationships, being a boss, hardships, etc. She's touching 40 soon. A new direction is needed. This、Ooh. is what, to her, <laughs> to Nicki Minaj, justified the following response When your ugly ass was 24, you were pushing 30. I'm 34. I'm touching 40. LOL. And what does that have to do with my music? Eat a dick, you hating ass hoe. Got the nerve to have a Trini flag on your page. You must not have heard the pink print. Or pills and potions. Bed of lies. Save me. Marisha feature with Alicia Keys. Tasha Cobbs. Just say you jealous. I'm rich, famous, intelligent, pretty, and go. But wait, leave my balls. I'm tired of you sucking them. I dropped my album almost four years ago. My bad. I'm 34. So at 31, how about you get like me? Why don't you ask me how to help you? You get rich, been on top, and I ain't going nowhere. Ho! Tongue emoji with the winking smiley face and doofy eyed tongue emoji. That's what, let us not be mistaken here, a 34 year old woman just said to a stranger. What the fuck is going on right now? And I think it's important to note that I'm sure on a daily basis, Nikki probably gets way worse. That's my thing! So, why? <laughs> What is this? Why this? And, like, look, I'm, I'm just gonna take issue with Wanda for just a sec, right? You know, for me personally, when we review albums, not everything has to be some serious, thought provoking, you know, 100% mature, you know,、oh, yeah, song. Sure, It's okay、sure. if, if you got some silly shit in there. But, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It was just a simple criticism, a bit, hey, You know, wouldn't it be cool if someone who represents black women, who's pretty much the only person who represents black women, wouldn't it be cool if she did more diverse, introspective stuff? I really think that's where she came from because I believe this is a black、sure. woman who said this, you know? Like, I understand you, you want to hear it from Nikki, but Nikki isn't really known for the serious mature. Like, every so often she'll do a song that's retrospective. I remember she did a song called, like, Dear old Nikki, or something, where it was、mm-hmm. like talking to our younger self, or whatever. Like, okay. But that's not gonna、yeah. be the lead single. No, absolutely not. It's always gonna be the fucking Anaconda, the fucking Chun Li. I would understand a little bit more. I would still think it's petty and unnecessary, but I would understand it a bit more if this was、uh, Cardi B. If this was someone in the industry who was a potential rival. Yeah, it would still be immature, but. Absolutely. I would still think it's uncalled for and, and, and silly to do. But if it's just a random person, that looks especially bad. But at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Like, at the end of the day, this isn't going to make anybody turn the page on Nicki Minaj. They're not going to stop listening because she went after a random person. If anything, 
people are gonna look at that and go, that is her in fucking boss mode. That is her in beast mode going after somebody, and they're gonna respect her even more for it. Is and it? that's what's sad. Yeah, because I like, think so. It's not even that clever of a response. It's just, I have more money than you. Here's the one point where I was like, Nikki does have a point, right? I'm 34, I'm not like 39, so when you say I'm touching 40, like, that's a misrepresentation. And in an industry in which age is sort of a really big thing, especially for women as far as, like, image in, like, Hollywood and shit, you know, like, there is that sort of... Doesn't even have fucking wrinkles on her face yet, but her age is above 21, so now she's old. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like there was a bit of, like, whoa, why are you saying I'm way older than I actually am? You know? But now, if she would have kept it to that and been, like, Yo, like, I've seen lots of people, like, inflating my age, and that is a symptom of, oh, you've been around for too long, so now you're old, you know, that mentality, so it's like, can can you not do that, you know, like, can you be like, hey, like, I know this seems stupid, but this is the fucking industry we're in, could you please not propagate that sort of ideology, like, that sort of, you know, prodding of someone like me who, I know I'm famous and a celebrity, but I have feelings too, and like, I have to deal with a whole bunch of other shit, and this is just, like, on top of it. But here's the thing. Like, yeah, like, now that would be a mature response, but my thing is, again, this is some random fucking person on Twitter. It's not like this is huge fucking, you know, person with a huge platform. I was just saying, if it was, like, Billboard writing an article, and their tweet was something about, with Nikki touching 40, should she be considering more mature content? Like, then it would be like, hey, look... You have a really big reach. You're very influential in the industry. You have a lot of people's ears. Maybe don't misrepresent my age because that could possibly affect my career. The other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, these freestyles real quick. And we know by the time we put out this fucking video, there will be the, the, uh, the ciphers that are going to come out. And you guys are going to be like, why haven't you done the ciphers yet? We know. We know. We teased it last week. We said that we had watched some of the freestyles. And I'm going to go ahead and say this as far as freestyles and double XL ciphers go. I couldn't tell you what anyone besides Triple uh, X said in their freestyle from last year. Because to me, it doesn't really mean that much. And it should, I think. If you're named to the XXL freshman class, I think your freestyle should be a display, a, a little taste of what it is people can expect to hear from you. Now, what I think is wrong with the freestyle aspect is that most of these people, what they're freestyling, it isn't going to be what they're going to be putting on the albums. I went back and I listened to Amine's freestyle and his cypher freestyle. And he is an exception to the rule, and I want to ask you your opinion on this. Both freestyles are from songs on his album. I remember we talked about this. We said, like, hey, wouldn't that actually be kind of slick? Like, being like, here's a song you haven't heard yet. And I'm rapping a verse, and it's like, look how good my pen game is. You definitely need to check out the album now, because, 
you know, this ends up being on the album. Like, that actually seems like a, a slick sort of marketing move way to, like, promote yourself, you know? Exactly. That's why I'm asking why isn't... I'm asking two questions. Oh. A, why isn't that the norm? Yeah. And B, is that a freestyle? Well, here's the thing. In the, in the beginning of freestyling, what a freestyle was wasn't necessarily all off the dome. It was anything that someone hasn't heard yet. So... So it could totally be something that's pre-written, but the point is, it's like, oh, you presented something that was fly to me, you know, like, that I thought was dope, that was fucking like, oh, shit, I have never heard someone say something so slick before, because, because, here's the thing, when do people think you're whack? Not only when you say something that's not dope, but when you say something that we've heard before. Let, like, actually, I want to break down the best to the worst, okay? Okay, who who was the dude that I told you was the worst? Oh. Do you remember? I think you said Perp. Yeah, I said Perp was the worst in my opinion because even though, and I mean to me, Lil Pump was doing something I'd never heard before because I'd never heard his songs before. So to me it was right, new. Right. But Pump looked like he was having fun and he was fucking, you know, living his best life. Perp, on the other hand... He seemed unsure of himself. He seemed nervous. Like, Didn't it seem like they, like, cut at one point? Yeah, I noticed that with with XXL Cyphers, too, that they'll fucking try to do some editing where it's like, oh, I took this part out or whatever, which, again, that's kind of bullshit. You need to leave that shit unedited. If it's a freestyle, they need to be flowing. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is going on? Like, guys, there are so many people who want to be in this position, and there are so... And, again... I feel like there are so many professionals behind the camera that we're not seeing that work so long and hard to make sure they get these shots and these colors right and making sure it look cool and shit. And then you come in there and just fumble a pre-written rap from two years ago. And it's like, but why? Why do you not care? Like, I, like look, I understand as far as like the actual scope of hip hop is concerned, double XL doesn't really matter, right? The only reason I cover this is because it's interesting and I'm and I'm just happy to hear other people finally wanting to talk about lyrics, you know? Uh, <laughs> so it's like, that's why it's interesting to me. But I understand in the grand scheme of things, yes, this is, uh, XXL is not the arbit arbiter of who's going to become big and who's not. Like, it doesn't matter what you actually think of XXL. The point is, this is an opportunity for you to look cool. Why are these people not taking advantage of this shit? Let's go down who I think is best to the worst. And I think... Number one, we all fucking know it, J.I.D. You can't front on that shit. That, I don't even need to say anything. That was the best freestyle, and I won't hear any anything else. He sounded like a straight-up drummer at that last part. He was like, da 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 I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, okay. Definitely checking you out. All right, that's gotta happen. <laughs> Just off the rip, he was the best. Second was Trippy Red. Guys, I've been sleeping on him, bro. I really need to check that dude out. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like on the same technical level as JID, but it was an engaging rap. And it's like that's all I really need. I don't need you to be the best. I just need you to be engaging. And speaking of engaging, fucking ski mask the slump god. Oh what yeah. The <laughs> okay, so he started off. He was like, "You and your, you and your." I was like, "What is something wrong?" <laughs> like I thought there was a mistake. He just and there was no like reason for it because like the stuttering had nothing to do with the verse like it's not like you brought it up like oh i have you stuttering like stuttering li like there was nothing like that it was just you and you, you and you anyway you and your bitch kind of resemble billy and Betty. i was like uh 
okay. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't really like what he was doing at first, but then when I just realized it was just supposed to be fucking ridiculous, I was like, okay, no, 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 that's what you're doing. His type of rap is the type of shit I actually really like from the, because like I said, there's a hierarchy to all this shit, you know? Like, I'm I'm not saying you gotta be fucking super lyrical, whatever the fuck. I'm just saying, be interesting. I think the person below Ski Bass was perp. Because like you said, you know, he, he, was, he was having fun. He looked like he enjoyed himself. But, like, you know, it, it, it was competent. It was a competent rap. Everything else, and you know how I rate things. You know how I rate things like the zero to five scale. All the thing, all the, these four rappers that I just told you, these are the people who got above a one. Mm, okay. Everyone else is zeros. Oof. The next uh, five people, they all were horrible. They were all bad. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Actually, I'll give it up to one person. Yeah? Block Boy. Black Boy, at the very, very least, right, had style. Like, the way his vocal delivery. It's like, this is one of those guys, once again, it's just like, I know he's not spitting any deep shit. And like I said, it's not really good verse. It's just the same shit. The only thing he really says that's interesting is when he says, I pull up on your block like Bowser spitting all this fire. I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I didn't know where it was going. I was like, wait, why like Bowser? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he says, like, I don't like these niggas, Uncle Ruckus. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, that was at least, like, one part. But, like, everything else. Like, he started off his verse with double XL. Give your bitch the dick. And it's done. Yeah, uh, we already knew that punchline. <laughs> we already we knew where that shit was going. We already knew it. We knew it like, before you started saying it. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, that line should be fucking banned. De- talking about your anything being double XL should be banned. This is like, we know, we yes, it's expected. And that's why you shouldn't be doing it. Because isn't the point to show how clever you are? Isn't the point to show, don't listen to that rapper over there. Listen to me. Yeah, that's legendary levels of corn right there. <laughs> Even though he had one or two good lines, it was just like, that was just so... First thing you thought of when you t- decided to write a rap for Double XL. That is just like, come on. But at, like I said, at the very least, he had charisma going for him, right? So everybody else is a zero. And then you have YBN Namir, which, well, his verse was like, oh man, I grew up hard. I don't mean to discount his story, but so did literally every other person in this freestyle. So, like, what makes. Like, again, what makes me care about you? Like, it's literally the placeholder verse. Talk about how life was bad, but then talk about how you randomly one day got money because it was just destined to happen because you're just so great. You know what I'm saying? And this is like, and there's not even like a correlation between my skill as a rapper and the fact that I have money. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm so good at, 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 you know, spitting this ill shit that you can't deny it. It's just, I got money now and I didn't have it before. And, I mean, it's probably because, you know, I had to do some shady shit. But the point is, I'm cool because I had to do shady shit to get money and I'm rich now. Like, it's, uh... I got money. I didn't have money. I got more money than you'll ever get. I never thought that I would get this much money. I had money. Now I'm getting more money. Even if it is a story that's being that's being told for the umpteenth time, right? If it's being told in a way 
that makes me give a shit and take notice. Like your de- your delivery, your demeanor, your confidence, your flow. If the words you use, you know, like you can tell me the same basic story I've heard a million times, but if you tell it in a very specific, unique way, I don't care. I'll listen and I'll be like, shit. You know, you fucking made me care about this thing I've heard a billion times. And then Pump was just wrapped this verse and it was like, you know, below average is normal, but I mean, he like mumbled through like half of it, so you couldn't barely hear it anyway. Like he this like when people say mumble rap, they literally mean this person. It's not like you're like, "Oh man, I forgot the words. I guess we can't do a second take." Like, <laughs> no, it's literally a verse you wrote before. Just do a fucking second take where you say it better. Like Jesus Christ. Like, are these guys shy? Lil Pump, are you shy to be rapping your verse? Because people who usually, you know, slur their words and don't really want to slur their those people are usually shy, you know? Because they're like, oh, I don't know if this is really going to be good. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, I'm fucking your bitch. It's so, like, what the... Speak up! Like, don't you want me to hear? So, so Like, what the fuck? So, wait, so wait. You're, you're telling me that Pump was not the worst. Oh no, my friend. Oh. Oh. Oh no. The only thing. Uh, and I know. I know, man. Mm, Cuz there's only two more left. Uh, <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> no. The, <laughs> I know, man. Oh, I hate but it. But I'm going to make a fucking point with this, okay. right? Okay. I'm going to make a fucking point with uh-huh. this. The only thing that kept Wi-Fi's funeral, <laughs> which is that is that it, or or is it like is he like Ugandan and this is like his name is way more interesting than I think it is. It's like we feast funeral, like you know, like that or it's short for like a way longer thing. Like it's just easier to say this. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but the only thing that kept his verse better than Stefan Don's was the 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 line about like the line about sneezing. That was. It, because there was at least like, oh, hey, that was slightly clever. 30 on the bezel, uh, damn, like, yeah, that's just a piece. I can't fuck no hoes. That bitch contagious like a sneeze. Hmm. Like, that was, like I said, it wasn't even like a, ha, it was more just like, oh, that was. (laughs) I recognize that as a punchline. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's one. Honorary member of the of the fucking freestyle, cause holy shit, this shit was embarrassing. Stefan Don, what the fuck? No, like straight up and down, cause she's representing women and she's representing the UK on this shit. Kitty pigs in the back. No, I don't want to hear about your titties. <laughs> I can see them. I don't want to hear that your tits are big and your asses too. Spit some fucking rhymes. Save that for the album, cause we all know that's coming. It, like it wasn't even like my titties big, like a da da da. No, it was just. Titty big, and my ass is big too. Yeah, we know. We know that's going to be the thing that people are going to be going to you for. Thank you for just telling us that's what it is. Like, she had one line where she's like, I can care less where your hair's from, because your lace front's kind of showing, boo. I mean, I guess, like, is that... Women out there, was that insulting? Were you like, oh, like, was that... I can see that as a burn. Not a like, very creative needed, one, but it's there. Yeah, it needed to be done better, because it's like, we all know that, that people, like, if you're a female rapper, you're going to be talking about snatching weed and shit like that. So do something that's going to, like, make that punchline hit. If you're looking for creative, biting, actually, like, oh, worthy shit, listen to Cupcake. 
she, she's fucking nasty and mean about it. Like, you don't fucking get that from, from Stefan Don. It's just like, yeah, I had to throw this in here because people expect fucking cattiness from, from, from a woman rapper, I guess. So I had to tick that box. Yeah, it felt like manufactured cattiness instead of like, um, Jamie Summers on, uh, um, Break bread. I shake my rum ball in your face. Make a bitch tie my sneaker lace. Cause A is for Apple and J is for Jack. And most of y'all bitches ain't got no hair on the back and your tracks is whack. He's <laughs> 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 like, oh, oh shit. That's good. And it like, and it starts off like, it, it just like, you hear the rhyme cause she, she actually like messes with her flow and she makes it kind of really fun at first. Cause she goes, la di da I got the body, da da da. So it feels like it's gonna be really like, hey, we're just doing this. And then, and you bitches ain't got no hair in the back. It's like, oh shit. You know, it throws you off. It gives you a little bit of that, mm, that pop there. But with her, it just felt like, yeah, there was that feeling of, and here comes the caddy line, you know, like it, it didn't make me feel it. So, um, and then, uh, wait, was it Stefla? Oh, Smoke Perp. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. I had a note about him where it's just the tradition of rhyming one syllable, but plus bitch or nigga at the end. You know, right around time with a thought, bitch. And I just wanted a top, bitch. Loper is really on top, bitch. Loper is turning up or not, bitch. Like, when you wrote that, like, did you really think, like, oh, shit, they're gonna fucking flip their wigs. I just run top bitch with top bitch. They're not going to see that one coming. We got to fucking, let, yes, let's do it. All right. So fuck all that shit we was hollering. <laughs> we got to talk about the, the greatest fucking album of all time. Holy shit. How the fuck, how the fuck have I? No, I'm not blaming myself. I'm blaming you. It, the, oh. the, the hip-hop world at large. Oh, okay. But not fucking telling me... How is this not the first fucking album I listened to? Jesus Christ! Prince Paul's A Prince Among Thieves. Holy God. You know, I have been going a lot of my career as a critic and as an artist and all this sort of stuff. Kind of been on this whole, like, man, I really wish people would do more, like, story raps. You know, where it's like a through line, where there's actually a story. And I remember... You know what? I mean, you, anyone who's a fan of my work, you know they they've heard my stuff. I know I don't have a lot, but you know, like uh, the fucking um, polarity switch album, where the point is like, oh hey, I'm doing this sort of thing is this side and then the opposite side. And then uh, when I tried to do more of a story with rappers Libra, it's like, oh, here's a story of this guy who falls in love, and each song is sort of short. Holy shit! I didn't realize. Fucking 1999. Someone beat me to it. <laughs> Fucking holy god! An entire album, like an hour and a, you're gonna look at the runtime and say what? An hour? And a, shut the fuck up! It's fucking classic. It's great. It's a full fight. Like this is literally a hip hop opera. Like holy shit! How the fuck did no one tell me about this? How the fuck? I'm sorry. It was a request from one of your uh pa- patrons. I- <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I didn't even really. I didn't even get to shout them out. Hold on. Let me look that up real quick, because I didn't even think. Uh, Christy Brewster, thank you for suggesting, um, uh, Prince Among Thieves by Prince Paul. I, look, you, (laughs) I know I did it, I did my look. Look, get your ass to Spotify, throw down the $9.99, because you're basically buying this album right now, and fucking listen to this abundance of genius that is, that is just, 
this shit is on what, what the fuck this shit is just on youtube for free like what the fuck like this is incredible how is this not how is this not the first like hip-hop broadway you know musical and shit you know what i'm saying like holy god like Lin-Manuel Miranda, fucking step aside. Oh my God. So we have this album, man. It's literally, and you know, it's the typical, you know, I mean, like we were just talking about how like, yeah, we all know the story of the guy who's hustling to make it big and then things go back. Yeah, I know. You've heard the story a million times, but just the way they do it here and how fun and interesting it is. Dude. Okay. So I was first listening to it first. I had to acclimate my ear to it, right? And the first couple of songs, there's, like, people sort of talking to each other, and it feels a little sloppy. Like, they're talking sort of over each other for the beat, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and you're like, why, okay, is this going to be the thing where it's just people talking to each other, that thing? And then you get, like, two or three tracks in, and you're like, wait, these skits are actually leading somewhere. And it, this is a, this is a story. <laughs> that was the exact same experience I had. This took a minute uh, to really click with me because at first it was really just kind of run of the mill for me it was like all right you know whatever but allow me to maybe like a small a small spring shower perhaps not exactly a rain on your parade i wasn't bowled over by this per se now here's the here's the here's the reason why right and I'm going to I'm going to ask you specifically you. Okay. Because I know you. I know what you like. I know your faves, right? Yeah. How are you this blown away by this when in my opinion this was like a poor man's ghost face? No. I disagree. No way is this on the same level of like a story. Because honestly, like you said, you've heard the story a million times. Yeah, you've heard the story a million times. I will agree with you on this. The way they did it. I was there for that. I like the right. fact that everybody is played by someone and they're all doing these things. Yeah, but the songs like themselves, the songs themselves, like, it's the same shit you've heard a million times. The story, oh, the story was predictable. Oh, 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 predictable. No, are, we, are you oh kidding me? God. You knew Dude, how that story it's not was about ending. The destination, it's about the journey, man. Look, look, I'm, look. I'm, I'm telling you, you, though. you can't tell me. You cannot tell you. You were not laughing your ass off at that fucking grandma at the beginning, and now she just, she just kept going, and she just like was talking in slang, but she's this old woman, and it's just like it's such an odd like. Wes Anderson but hood moment like at first I don't think I was because I was about to fucking hit that MC Chris sample so damn fast about the skits because I was like what the hell why is this an hour and 17 minutes oh yeah because we have all these goddamn skits here is my issue right ah. this story I think could have been told in a lot less time because honestly this album, this hour and 17 minute album could have been summarized in like three Ghostface songs. No. Nah. Easy. It's nah. not that in complex. Fact, I wish Ghostface Killer did some shit like this. 
Like, he's he never did. done- The 12 Reasons to Die or whatever the fuck. That shit oh, was yeah, oh, so yeah, no, much no, no, more that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah, that sorry, shit bro. blew but I'm talking this about, out of the I'm water. I'm talking about in 1999. I mean, like- I don't care when it came out. I heard it this week. No, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like, you cannot lie. This is fucking incredible for, like, no one has ever done this before. It, 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 if I'm wrong, please correct me. But before 1999, I do not believe that anyone has done, like, a literal full concept album in hip-hop like this, where it's like, no, it's not just me rapping and da-da-da. It's like, I actually got people to do this, and it's a story, and characters come back, and fucking Weapon World? Come on! That fucking song was cla- Like, I'm not even a big fan of Cool Keith like that, but just, like, the creative shit that he was saying was just like, the, like, my, I could not stop smiling as I was listening to this album. I was just like, oh my god, like, this is so creative. And Am I wrong? Or in, in that Pain song, was there, like, an Eminem sample? I could swear, like, someone says, like, Pain, and it sounds like, like, Eminem saying, like, Pain, like, I don't know, like. Oh, I don't know. I it, it, it very well could have been him just uncredited if it's fucking 99. Yeah, yeah. You got so many people on here. No, but, like. My issue with, yeah, I was smiling at some points, but it felt weird because it was like, at points, I was thinking, alright, you gotta kinda pick one. If we're gonna have an album ending with... Spoilers. (laughs) If we're gonna have an album ending with the main dude killing himself, right? How are we gonna have fucking Chris Rock or whoever, if if that was Chris Rock or not... Doing the fucking, look, I'll suck your dick for a hit. Like, how are you going to give me these fucking laughing moments in, like, a dead-ass serious story like this? It's not a serious story, except for that part at the end, but, I mean, like, Mm. oh, come on. Mm. Weapon World was not a serious song. Count Macula wasn't a serious song. Mr. Lardwell, what do you mean this is a serious story? It's just At least of, the second half was. Like, it's the, I mean, it's supposed to be, like, macabre. You know, it's like the, oh, yeah, we're having fun, but, like, look how dark this still, like, don't forget how dark this still can be. You know? Ah, like, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling that. I enjoyed every, fu- the only thing that I could say I didn't like, um, what, the first couple of songs where it felt like they were trying to do the dialogue thing and it was just a little too heavy and it's like, just leave those to the skits, you know? And the uh, sermon song, where it was just like a bunch of empty platitudes by the reverend. It was just like, "Eh, okay. I mean, the point was, you know, like, he's saying all this stuff, and he's like, I'll see you in church Sunday. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, you won't. (laughs) You know? And fucking, dude, this album has literally the best use of guests, of every single guest. Fucking star-studded. You got Biz Marquis. You got Chub Rock. You got fucking... Ah, Big De La Daddy. Ah, fu- oh, De La Soul, when you least expect it. Fucking Count fucking Macula played by uh, 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 Big Daddy fucking Kane. Jesus Christ. That was some fucking holy. It was like, that was like the uh, the height of, this is fucked up, but he's spitting some fucking shit. <laughs> now, boy, you know you need your ass whipped for holding out our hands as if y'all going on some first grade class trip. 
you feel unable to keep her in your stable as she listens to the bubbly that's popping at the next table. I was like, oh, shit. And then he says, you trying to win, but got to come way better than those Heinekens. And, he, and then he said, he says, um, the smooth criminal as I muscle in, grand theft hustling, macula, he done struck again. I was like, oh, no. You can't tell me that's not fucking dope as shit. Oh my god, man. I couldn't fucking take and maybe this is just what I want. Like, I really love this idea of like the, the, the committing to the bit, right? I love the idea of committing all the way through. Especially like the first time when I was like, wait, that's what's going on? Like, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was incredible. I give this a fucking, like, I'm sorry, I'm fucking, I can't stop gushing about this shit. Holy shit, hallelujah. I give this a five out of five, maybe even a fucking six. Like, Jesus Christ, this is incredible for me. I think you're getting the wrong impression. I would give this a four, right? Oh, okay. Because oh, I thought you thought it was, I... like, straight out and out whack. I was about to say. Oh, no, 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 no. I like the tracks. Overall, though, the presentation is the, is the issue I kind of had the little issue with about the tracks. I mean, the, uh, the album being a little long. And the skits being really long, like, you can, you know how Kendrick has a way on both uh, Good Kid Mad City and on To Pimp a Butterfly, he's able to set this picture with not even a minute of a little bit of dialogue at the beginning, like the phone conversations on uh, Good Kid Mad City or that evolving poem on uh to pimp a butterfly that like before the songs it kind of lets you know what this is it walks you through the emotions or whatever some of these track starts you hear a beat you think it's gonna be a song no it's not a song it's just a skit stupid it's setting up (laughs) it's setting up the next track which is gonna be the song right no 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 it's like half a song half a skit it's like come on like there was way too much dialogue in the skits. The skits were too long. True. They were okay to set the story and to set the to uh to set the overall picture. But an hour and 17 minutes. We just talked about how albums in the late 90s drag the fuck on. True. And this was a prime example what? of like, look, this is like I said before, a very simple story at the base of it. You got a guy who wants to make some money. Oh, is he going to be a rapper? No, he's going to get involved with some some shady shit. Very predictable ending, like I said. You didn't have to take an hour and almost 20 minutes to tell me this story. I, by the end of it, I was like, come on, because it's so long. If it was shorter, I would have enjoyed it more. That's just my own personal critique, but it does reflect, I think, on the length of the skits, and that's why I would have to cut a point off... But no, I am not at all arguing with the use of the features. The features were fantastic. It was a markout moment every time of like, oh, fuck, it's De La Soul now. It's like every time because you didn't know where this shit was going. And what's great is what you sent me on Twitter. It's essentially a movie trailer for the album. (laughs) And it shows you all the characters and who plays who. It's like if I would have seen that trailer before I listened to the album, I would have been I would have been so fucking there for it. I would have been so excited. But I saw it afterwards and I was like, yeah, I know. My question is it's like, 
how is this not a bigger album? Like, how have I? I don't get that at head, all. Never heard of this before. Mm-mm. Like, what is it? And it's like it's not like oh, because no one was on it. Because it's like half the fucking industry in 1999 was on it. Yeah, I mean, De La Soul was a much bigger name in 99 than they are today. <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, uh, um, who else was on here? The Rizzo was on here at one fucking point. In fact, the whole point was that they were trying <laughs> to get, he was trying to get a contract with the Wu-Tang. And I was like, holy shit, this is literally what I would want to do. Like, <laughs> Okay, look, I laughed out loud at that part. <laughs> I, again, I already said spoiler. I, I already told you how the damn thing ends. I mean, but in the 90s, part... I would want a contract with Wu. Not, not today, but, you know. Oh, God, no. <laughs> there, there's a part on here where, yeah, he, uh, he just got out of jail. And he calls up, he calls up Wu-Tang and he's like, Hey, I just wanted to, you know, just talk about that, that, uh, that record contract. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Hey, but, uh, yeah, that's all cool or whatever. But, uh, hey, went ahead and signed your pal. And he just hangs up so angrily, like, no. But what pissed me off is, like, Rizzo was like, yeah, I knew you'd be cool with it. Like, what the fuck? Why would he be cool with that? Why would he no, be he cool with that? He didn't know he just set him up to be arrested. Yeah, but still, it's like, I know you wanted to get signed and get hundreds of thousands of dollars. But we decided to give that to someone else. I'm sure you're fine with it. Like, no, I'm not fucking fine with it. <laughs> oh, by the way, that that reminds me. Uh, the one feature and the one track where I was like, hmm, was the fucking one with Everlast. Which one was that? Uh, the one where he was like the racist cop. Oh, yeah. It, the, uh, it started out all right. The Men in but... Blue song. The chorus was really underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, like, I thought it overstated its welcome and could have hit a lot more harder than it did, but the whole point is, like, it's a fucking message you heard from, like, BDP back in the day. Yeah, of, yeah, that, that's on... Um, the cops are a gang, like, yeah. uh-huh, I got it. It definitely could have hit harder, I, I will definitely agree with you on that one. And, Mood for Love, I'll, I'll give you that oh, one. Oh, That yeah. one was, like, it just kept going, that like, was pointless. is there gonna be a chorus, or is this just, is he just, like... It just felt like he was just improvising. <laughs> I, I remember that one. Yeah. Like, when the whole story is between these two dudes and they're falling out, I don't need to hear the fucking racist cops story. Like, fuck off. I don't need that. Like, that that was like a pointless detour of like the, can we just get back to the fucking characters I actually care about, please? Or anyone that's interesting, not fucking Everlast. Fucking, you don't know what it's like to say, fuck off. I don't need that shit. <laughs> I will say this, though. Every song, see, when I have a problem with a long album, right? My main problem isn't just the length. It's the fact that when you inspect longer albums, a lot of times what you find is songs that are basically the same. So why the fuck do you have three songs that are just like the same style, the same shit? You know, like, nothing really feels unique about it. So it's just like, well, then why are the, all three of these songs here when you could obviously could have cut, you know, you could have cut two of them and you probably could have cut one or two verses from that other song, you know? So it's like, my thing is, it's like, for me, everything here feels unique. Everything here feels different. I feel like there's no song on here that's like, I already heard the song about, you know, Weapon World. Like, no, you didn't hear that song before. You know, oh, I've already heard the song about Mackinac Chicks. Like, no, like it doesn't do it, it doesn't um um 
repeat itself. And that I think that's what really allowed me to enjoy it more because it was just like everything was, what is the new idea that's going to happen in this song? You know, I will also say that as far as the album being predictable, the ending was different and unique. I will say that. The story leads up to, yeah, the, these two dudes want to get signed by, by Wu-Tang, but the one screws over the other guy and steals a spot. Now, in the end, his friend performs the last song that is the title track on the album. And that was like... Like, I, I don't know about you, but I was like... That whole song, I was like, man, fuck you. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the fucking nerve in that last track was... And, like, to have the, to have the quote, good guy not win was like, oh. And the fucking intro to the track where it's just all the what could-have-beens, all the DJs being like, man, this new hot track from fucking Truth, and it's like... Mm. <laughs> like it, I that did right? get in my feelings. I was like, man, this is so fucking wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. You know what? I changed my mind about that. The worst part about this is I got to go throughout this fucked up world without you. It's like, man, fuck you. <laughs> I don't believe that shit for a damn second. <laughs> like that was fucking great. Like that again was like he was making me mad at a fictional character. Like that that got over. Really well, like that put that fucking heel over in a big, big way. <laughs> While I'm using wrestling terms, to set a picture here, when you got a main event match, right? And it's a title defense. You got a champion and the challenger. Always, 100% of the time, well, typically 100% of the time, the champion comes out second because the challenger has to come up first and the big name is what comes out second. And that's what we're doing here with Gorillaz and their new album coming out second, essentially. But I don't know about you, but compared to Prince Paul, Gorillaz felt like the challenger, not the champion. But I want to say this. I think because this album came out a little too soon after the last one yes they always do a follow-up album that's like either a remix or like b-side oh or yeah that's like right that. yeah and so i think this was that but then like because people weren't used to the b-side album having such a big single off of it because humility that got a lot of traction yeah that really did yeah. And they usually don't do a music video, like, at least not a really good one for, you know... Not the follow-up, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of like, when they came back with this, it was just like, huh, okay. Like, remember when Plastic Beach, immediately after that, was, um, The Fall. The Fall. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. And as you listen to it, it's like, okay, I can tell these are not supposed to be, like, big hits. Like, <laughs> Boner to Arizona, like, this isn't supposed to be, like... You know, um, but at the same time, as far as Gorillaz is concerned, for me, Gorillaz is all, it's not about giving you, oh, this is the best album ever. It's about giving you new things and challenging your ear, right? Especially for kids. Like that, that's what, uh, Damon Albarn said, like, you know, people say our music is for kids, but that's great because I feel like I'm introducing a lot of people to a lot of stuff and kids is the best place for that because they're the most open-minded, you know? Um, and I will attest to being a, uh, a product of that. You know what I'm saying? Like straight up and down. Like they, they told me about Ibrahim Ferreira. They told me about 
you know, this uh, Japanese pop singer that I'd never heard about before. You know, like, Miho Hattori. Like, I didn't know who the fuck that was before Gorillaz. How the hell else would I have found out who the fuck that yeah, was before, exactly. you know, Gorillaz? You know what I'm saying? Like, they have a special place in my heart for them. But at the same time, you know, I'm still get on that ass if, you, if you're doing some whack shit. Um, that being said, Humility is a fucking... That's classic. Like, oh my god, that song is good. I will absolutely agree. That song the music video the feeling of it is so good i wish i felt as strongly about the rest of the album though i kind of agree with you in this way so the next like there's not as much challenging to uh, there's not as much musically challenging on this album it's pretty like a straight groove like this Straight up just feels like a hype album. Uh, they, they released a video where they played the whole album in concert, and I was like, oh yeah, this is fucking keeping the people going, you know what I mean? Um, at least until Idaho. The ending of Idaho was like, ooh, okay. But yeah, I agree. Like, I was, uh, I was bored for most of this. I'll be completely honest. Um, oh yeah. I, I, and, you know, uh, remember, okay, so Hollywood. Perfect point are you saying it's boring. Like, the song is called Hollywood, and it's got Snoop Dogg on it, who seems to be a frequent collaborator with them. And it's just like, hey, did you know that Hollywood's fake? It's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, high school. I know. I've, I've right? heard this. Like, <laughs> My God. <laughs> and they didn't, like I said, they didn't even really go in on it, because it's like Snoop Dogg comes in, and what's he saying? You know... I come through with the fat chain on my neck. Little did they know, no sweat. Okay. Yeah, Snoop Dogg, you're not... This is like the Heavy D verse on um, Candy Rain. You know, it's just... I'm I'm the guest verse, and I'm not really here to really help the story or the song. I'm just here to say that I'm Snoop Dogg and do the things that I normally do. All right, catch y'all later. Like, that, that's what it was. Oh, I got a deal to make, and a couple bad bitches, I I've been making a break, waking and bake, yeah, yeah, okay, we know, we know, we know. Like, this is a placeholder verse, like, come on. This is, this is the thing I don't understand, like, Snoop Dogg does a lot of collabs with Gorillaz, and I don't know about you, but none of them ever really hit as hard as I feel like they should. No, and I think Snoop is a card that you should only pull when it is like, when you're gonna get your most for your dollar. Kendrick knew how to use his Snoop Dogg. Remember exactly. A, I was yeah, thinking uh, the exact same thing. He's like mm -hmm. a narrator. And when you're talking about an up-and-coming story in Compton, yeah, who the fuck else would you want narrating that story? <laughs> Except for maybe Dre. But Snoop is like more energetic and more charismatic. So yeah, you'd want him. That part was like where the album started to get like, ooh boy, all right, this is not... Like, I didn't go back and re-listen to Humans after we reviewed it, either. So, admittedly, I'm not the biggest Gorillaz fan anyway, but this just... I don't know, man. It had its moments here and there, but musically, it wasn't challenging. Lyrics-wise, it didn't stick with me that much either, and when we talked about Death Grips last week, where it was like, it's gotta do one or the other... There were parts on here where, for me, it was like, it was just not giving me anything I wanted. Where it was like, man, like, I don't even remember how the fuck 1% went. And that's a big problem that I have with albums. Like, that's a big deterrent when it's like, I listen to an album twice through, 
And even after all that time I spend with it, I'm still like, oh yeah, how did that go? Like, I should know by then. But I don't. Because it didn't fucking interest me. Uh, I will say, though, you gotta give it up to Fireflies. Fireflies was dope. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that one That one was like, yeah, that was the savior from the second half, I thought. Yeah. So, uh, overall, I would say Humility and Fireflies are the fucking explosive tracks. Lake Zurich is kind of like cool traveling music, oddly enough. Like, as I was listening to it, I was like, I can totally imagine playing this while, like, you know, looking at the road. But, um, and, and Sook Eye was kind of like interesting sort of Boston Nova thing going on there. But, it, you know, usually Gorillaz, I don't know. Well, again, I, I was about to say, usually Gorillaz albums have sort of an epic ending. But again, this isn't an album album. I feel like this is like the B-side sort of thing. And the thing is, that's going to be even more of a mixed bag. And But the thing is, like on D-sides, you know, where there was a lot more variety, this feels especially very limiting to just like electronica except for uh idaho you know um idaho and sukai um but like i said fireflies was a dope track the way they had the the um you know the three eight and then the one two three four and and again that was uh playing to again i don't exactly know what fireflies is about but there are certain lyrics on there that hit you in a way that really tune you into the to to the emotion of the song right like when he says um uh the lyric that kept sticking with me he says and if you say goodbye too many times the sentinels will find me and switch me off this time i was like jesus (laughs) he said like you can't show too much affection or else they'll know you know i was like i thought that was fucking ah epic but by track three, you can't have a song like Hollywood on track three, because like I said, that, that kills the momentum. Yeah, especially because Humility and Trends were like, alright. Like, I was fucking digging it, but then yeah, it fell off hard with a fucking five-minute track that was just like, mm. And And Jamie yeah. Principal, like, does he even rap? He just kind of... Yeah, like, who, who is was that? that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like how we both said who was that at the same time. Um... <laughs> Yeah, man, like, it reminded me a lot of when we listened to Radiohead, where, like, like because the vocal style is kind of similar uh, between this and the In Rainbows, but In Rainbows is a bit more dynamic, because on here, the vocal style is kind of like, I'm not, I don't want to say flat, but it's, I, I guess, a bit more one-dimensional, um, but the music wasn't as interesting as it was on the Radiohead album. So I wasn't able to, like, lean on that as much. I've been like, well, at least I got this going on. Because for the most part, yeah, like, it was just kind of, it was your standard electronic with, like, what was that one track where it just felt like they kept repeating the same damn thing over and over again? Was that Kansas? I'm not gonna cry. It's like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that one. That one just repeated over and over and over again oh, and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. A four-minute track of that, and the beat wasn't anything to shake a stick at. Well, actually, that that means something good. That wasn't anything to write home about. There's the uh, the idiom that's I was the looking for. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one I meant. Um, but yeah, man, like it wasn't terrible. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. I wasn't really engaged 
Um, I was thinking like a three. I, you know, after talking about it, I, I would agree. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Big thanks to Danielle Owens-Reed. Check out her website, radamo.la. We'll have the link in the description and on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, big thanks to Christy Brewster for suggesting Prince Among Thieves by Prince Paul. If you have an album that you want to request for the Going Off Podcast, check out either of our Patreons. That's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Patreon. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And if this is your first time listening to us, you can hear all of our old episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. But until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And Nicki Minaj gets the gas face! Ah!